0: gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the busted header podcast i am back of course chris aka uh not the fake webby on twitter i am joined as our stalwart here jake aka hal aka halbritius
1: uh welcome back i i don't think i've ever been called stalwart before that's a new that's a new one <laughs> uh, you're getting older you're getting up there in age so it's gonna come more often how how was the the bachelor party anything you can't tell your girlfriend on here you know <laughs> No, no, I think I'd stayed pretty pretty clean in terms of that.
0: There are some things that I probably don't have the best memory on, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think as a whole, uh, I, was, I was pretty good. But yeah, it's it's been a busy couple weeks. I've been traveling across the world and then catching up with a whole bunch of different people in my life. Yeah. So well,
1: Tyler filled in for naturally right uh, COVID starts to get worse. <laughs> Tyler filled in for you admirably, so uh, you know I Maybe. might just change that uh, permanently. We'll see. Um, yep, I'm on the hot seat. <laughs> So the, f- the first thing we got to talk about real quick is right before we hopped on to record, Hami Diallo got his contract Woo! extension. Uh, mm-hmm. Two years, 10.5 million, something like that. So five a year yep. average annual value. Um, I, we, I don't think we've heard yet if any of that is an option.
0: Um, yeah, nothing that I've seen. I have the Atlantic article up right now, so nothing I see in particular about options at the moment.
1: Yeah. And it's being reported. The key here, of course, is that it comes off uh, the books in 2023. So, the summer of 2023, basically everything uh, comes off for the Pistons. They have a club option on everyone except Kelly Olynyk, who has a partial guarantee in that yeah. last year. Um, so, we'll talk more, I think, in another episode. Maybe a week or two from now when we have nothing else to talk about about uh, <laughs> you know the larger roster construction and what what that all looks like going forward. But nice to have him yeah. settled on the roster again. Um, it does bring us to sixteen total guarantees at this point, which means that one of Ja Seku, Josh Jackson, I don't know who else would be eligible. Uh, somebody's getting cut, cut. But but <laughs> I. Uh, yeah. Or or, uh, there's, a, or just, there's a or there's a it's consolidation Buman. trade to be made further down the road, right? You know, there's a there's a two for one kind yeah. of swap. You know, maybe th- with Josh, that's more likely than anything. Um, you know, exactly. I could see a Josh Seku. or a Seku
0: in that. Yeah, if someone wants to take a chance on them, but the Pistons are a bad team that should be wanting to take play- chances on players. So and my it, guess is it'll be it, Jago's it should be into the night. <laughs> it,
1: it should definitely yeah. definitely be Josh.
0: Not to point any different ways and be biased or anything, but it, it, it should be Ja and cut. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I have yet to see a single fan in my mentions or anything defending Ja... Like, I've put that out on Twitter a couple times, and like I've been like, it could be like a Josh Jackson or a Seiko thing, and someone always comes in for those two, like, oh, it shouldn't be those guys. <laughs> then, nobody cares about Ja. <laughs> Nobody's like, where is Ja? Where is Jaws defenders? That's the real question. Where where is Jaws defense? The Jaws fan
0: club in the corner. uh, The Jaws fan club is just a lot of crickets, okay? (laughs) They're
1: not loud. I'm not entirely sure his parents believe he's an NBA player anymore. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's not happening for him. So. Yep.
0: You hate to see it for someone so highly regarded out of college and who kicked Michigan State's ass in the Final Four. So. Yeah. But I, I just i'd be surprised to be found on the contract he's,
1: he's definitely one of those guys where it's just like 10 years ago i'm sure he's fine but he is absolutely exactly. that's the thing yeah right now so uh yeah yep. we'll see him play in spain or something like he will dominate overseas by the way just for the, like if he <laughs> yeah. goes to china he's gonna kick it's, button, it's like over it's it's, it's he, he will be a 20 oh, yeah 15 guy in china no problem um
0: I think I would definitely expect him to end up in China. That seems like a perfect spot for Ja.
1: Well, it'll be right now. They have like really strict COVID things for their foreign players. Like they're not allowing Mm. Americans to play in China. So um, that that is actually for a lot of guys a a big problem. And we don't know when that'll change. Obviously, because you know half the world doesn't want to get vaccinated. Just you know, one of those things. Um, Something like that. Yeah. You didn't get a chance. To talk about the draft, so let's right. let's roll it back, like <laughs> go back in time for a couple weeks, a month. <laughs> uh, draft night comes. Did you were you nervous in any way that Cade wasn't going to be the pick?
0: No, I felt pretty much the entire time. I was pretty confident that Cade was going to be the draft pick, and especially we had we had talked about this briefly on our like Cade pre celebration podcast. But once he came out there and like threw the. Or I don't remember. Through the first picture was at the Tigers game or something like that. Once they gave him kind of the grand tour of the city, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's over. Yeah. And I wasn't like there was a possibility of taking like a Jalen Green, but I think it had to be the Rockets or even the Cavs would have to just blown us away with an offer. Just yeah. Unprotected so you, picks you never thought that
1: that they would just take Jalen? It was always going to be no. You would have to trade with us to get the number one, and then we'll take Jalen.
0: Yeah, I think it was always in forever and always Cade number one on the top of the board. I don't think there was anything anything to the contrary, I believe it was just kinda like a smoke screen. And just to try and like make it seem like alright, we're we're interested in trading down. If someone wants to hop up but give us one of these other two guys, we'll be fine with it. Or especially Jalen Green, so but I think especially once Houston kinda keyed in on Jalen Green at number two and they weren't about to trade, like I felt like that was a pretty that I feel like solidified itself pretty far ahead of the draft. And once I heard that, I knew that, like, the Pistons weren't going to trade down to three and get Mobley. Like, they were going to take Cade or Green, and once Green was going to go number two, definitively, they were just taking Cade at one. So, I felt pretty confident going in the entire time, and it wasn't... I mean, it's the Pistons, (laughs) and Troy Weaver kind (laughs) of always keeps you on your toes. Yeah. So, (laughs) I can't say I completely 100% ruled it out, but I was pretty pretty confident going into that draft that it was going to be Kate cunningham wearing a pistons hat or in this case buffs. wearing the fucking the buffs which is uh hold on I everything he's done <laughs> <laughs> exactly everything he's done has been perfect for the city and the team of detroit which camera Miami. and <laughs> <laughs> i think he's far and away not just been the right pick obviously like five ten years down the road we can say all right Jalen Green had a great career or was having a great career I should say and maybe he would have been a better you know talent than Cade like you never really know that until the end of their careers right but that being said I think in terms of a draft pick for the Detroit Pistons in the city of Detroit Cade was far and away the the correct option there's
1: no question about it <laughs> and before we move on to the rest of the draft um how, how have you felt about some of the Cade Jalen noise that happened over like summer league week, did you did you summer league. get into it at <laughs> all like uh, all of Jalen Green's comments about the about Detroit and stuff not want to be in Detroit did did that just, do anything to you? It 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 sounds like a like a stunted
0: lover <laughs> like <laughs> he's like no 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 no. I wanted I wanted them to break up with me. I wanted, you know, the Pistons to pick Cade. It's like, no, you would have loved to be in Detroit. Don't act like you hate the city of Detroit. Like, you wouldn't have worked out for us if you didn't want to go to Detroit. He, he sounds cool. like the guy Don't be
1: lying. you meet, like, the guy who's, like, 29, you meet when you first work at, like, Burger King when you're 19, <laughs> you know? This sounds very specific. <laughs> and... Yeah, no, uh, former night manager of a Burger King for like a year s- speaking. It just like, sounds like that guy was like, yeah, man, I had this like Wall Street job all, all, and like, they just, you know, they didn't want me and now I'm here. It's just like, okay. <laughs> and sure thing. It's all the like, it. oh, I was so slighted, you know, I, I tweeted out the other day. It's like, you know, I remember everyone that went ahead of me in the draft. It's like, okay. Good, good for you. <laughs>
0: Everyone remembers that.
1: <laughs> that's nice, dear. <laughs> Just, yep. All right, that's cute. Um, Moving on. Okay, so we we skipped the Plumley trade, which happened before the Cade. Uh, yep. How did you feel about the Plumley trade as it went down? I th- I think I did a little bit of like talking you off the ledge. We we watched the first round it together. It wasn't that I was getting.
0: It wasn't that I was getting talked off the ledge. It was more, I wasn't... I know, I know you I know, reacted even, more strongly than I did. That's that's all I'm saying. Yes, you were you were very indifferent to the trade as a whole. I looked at it as, like, we'd signed this guy, and he's been playing, I'd say, pretty close to his contract, if not over it. Like, he lived up to the expectations that we had. I mean, he surpassed my expectations, that's for sure. <laughs> well, we could so pull the receipts move, on those.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I was... I was, like, pretty meh. I was not pretty happy about it. Uh, so Meh? Meh
1: is underselling your reaction. <laughs> I think we have pods where you were very, very, very... It's a plumly. <laughs> I mean, you don't expect much.
0: But, I mean, I thought he would perform, like, a pretty decent, uh, you know, backup center. Or, well, starting center, but that's kind of the tail end between, like, starting and six-man. And you eventually, can say I think it, the starting and, and this,
1: center on a very bad team. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: That's that's a good way to put it. And I mean, the one thing that I I do like about it is I hope that it's Troy saying I trust Isaiah Stewart and I want to give him you know the minutes and I want him to be the starter and not have any of this back and forth with Plumlee. But at the same time, and Plumlee saying like I was signed to be the starter, I should be the starter. I get that, but at the same time, I also want to see like an Isaiah Stewart come up and take that role and kind of take that spot from Plumlee. I feel like think he did a pretty good job towards the end of last year, but, I mean, when you're trading away the other guy who was still the starter most of last year when he was healthy, I don't know. And especially for what we got with it, I was just, I was underwhelmed. I feel like at a so, different time, he could have gotten a better asset.
1: I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. There. So, and I wanted to make this clear. I said it, um, I don't remember if I've said it on the pod with Tyler or not. It has to be viewed right through a slightly different lens because you are trading him not for another asset, you are trading him in a pure salary dump there. Right. Yeah, so if you were trading Mason Plumley for you know, just a, a random wing in the NBA, I think that swap would have gone off without a hitch. Like he clearly has hmm. NBA value. He was yeah, traded 100%. as a eight and a half million dollar dump and that's yeah. you know Which, that was because troy obviously had plans in free agency to to bring in kelly olinick and stuff you know he wanted cap uh, space uh, yeah i'm not a- uh, uh, yeah but um <laughs> you know so it's it's just a weird one where it's like unfortunately you made this trade that doesn't really reflect the value of the player because you are only trading him as a cap asset in mm-hmm. this dump and and so that's where it's like okay if you view this trade through the lens of it's Kelly Olenek, uh and uh, a twenty spot drop in the draft in the second round for Mason Plumlee. That feels pretty even. It's it's you know it was an awkward yeah. ugly way to go around it, but it's like would I have traded you know last year at the trade deadline if they'd swapped a second and you know if they'd swapped seconds with Houston and. Uh, traded Olenek and Plumley. Would you have been bad? And it's like, no, wouldn't like it. Would have been fine. Do I now? Uh, that's putting aside my personal bias against Kelly Olenek, who is a <laughs> cheater and a hack. And I very much just like also please take a shower. You look like you don't shower ever. Um, just <laughs> just a filthy looking human being. So we <laughs> damn. Look, uh, gotta be honest. When when you wear pubes on your face like that, and pubes in your hair like that, and it's greasy all the time, it's just not a good look. There's a reason you're not yeah. getting billboard adverts. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I
0: don't think anyone's ever signing Kelly Olynyk to a billboard ad.
1: No, <laughs> he he did play in Boston. Like Let's he had every goes. opportunity to to to. You know, take those chances. I think Utah is the only place where he might have more pull. Uh, nah, I don't know about that one.
0: <laughs> he's not Mormon enough for that.
1: No, but he is white and religious enough, Father Kelly. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I actually have no idea if he's religious. I just remember that Bill Simmons used to call him Father Kelly all the time, which made me laugh. <laughs> I forgot that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, okay. Fast forward a little bit, we watched the first half of the draft. Okay, sorry, he's raising his hand. Continue. Oh, so it was this This was just a, 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 a siren pause, is that what that was? Because you yeah, lagged out the a, whole time Yeah, anyway.
0: <laughs> That was a mark this down because you're going to have to mute my audio here.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, so we fast forward a little bit, we watched the first uh, 30 or so picks together. Uh, mm-hmm. There was some wildness in the draft Maybe we'll reflect on that later Because <laughs> that draft was crazy We get, There's a lot going on it felt like <laughs> we, we get to 31 Because uh, that, that was your Wizards pick right? You had to stick around and watch for your Wizards pick And mm. then we, we Stopped and went to bed And so yep. I never Got your full reactions to the last Three picks So Livers, how did you feel about the Livers pick? Livers pick I was pretty okay with. I felt like,
0: I mean, he was a good player in college. He was always someone that I'd, I wouldn't say I was necessarily afraid of, but I always thought he was a pretty good player from Michigan. He hit, played good defense. He's kind of an all-around he's know, a, good he's player. He's just a guy you shoot. respect, right? He's just, he's yeah, just like, he's, yep,
1: like, like he's, he's in the game plan. He does these things. We pencil it in in the game plan. You respect him. Mm-hmm. You see your team rotate away from him on a three, and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> he's going to hit that yep. one. Now, in the
0: NBA, I'm not sure exactly what he can be. I feel like, I mean, he's listed as like a power forward, but he's pretty undersized for that even in today's game. He's, I just, I don't kind of see what he can be in today's game, but I love the late second round pick where you go and get, you know, a guy who was known in college and kind of was a good college player. And you just take the chance that, hey, it doesn't look like their skills are going to translate, but they'll figure it out because I know he's going to play great defense. I know he's gonna, you know, shoot the ball. He's gonna hit the corner three, like you figure out the you figure the rest out at that point. Especially in the you know mid second round pick. So yeah, I don't I don't know I that was... he'll
1: be a, a ceiling raiser. You know, like he he has some limitations even defensively. Like he's not a good one on one defender. He's just a, like a really solid team defender. He gets he can like trail guys pretty well, but he struggles to go laterally and stuff. And it's like fine. It's he's a he's a, a floor guy, right? He just he, he cements your floor as, you know, something uh, he plugs into Sadiq Bay's spot. You know, like you, you sub out Sadiq Bay out of the starting lineup and in comes Isaiah Livers and nothing changes, right? You what you still have the 40% quick trigger three-point shooter and you still have a guy who is a, you know, a stout post defender and who can do basic stuff on defense. Sadiq is probably a little better laterally, laterally defensively, but, you know, you don't lose... Um <laughs> like Sadiq is the better player, but you don't lose something stylistically. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not you're not you don't have to change tactics. Because yeah. like there's nothing that Sadiq does um th- there's not really a wrinkle to Sadiq's game that Livers doesn't really have. Like Sadiq can put the ball on the floor a little bit, but I don't want him to. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we can talk about I'm that saying, come, I, when I we talk know. about Summer League here in a minute. But you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's like it's very obvious to me that like yeah maybe Livers isn't going to be the guy when you're trying to win playoff games. You he may not have you know that level of of talent just because he's got some limitations. But when you're just trying to win 35 games and be competent, like he's a guy who's going to make you competent. He's a guy who's going to talk on defense. He's a guy who's going to be a, like a, a positive in the locker room. You know, just mm-hmm. a, a guy who's going to check a lot of boxes for you. And he's never going to cost you a lot of money.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's going to be that, like, 10th, 11th man who can come in. Right. Play some minutes. You're not going to lose because of him, kind of. He's going to be just all around kind of... And you, kn- an you know player, he's hopefully. never
1: going to, like... There's no way that Isaiah Livers is not going to be able to play in the NBA. Yeah. Like, he's got he might got not be. he might not be good and, like, playoff good, but there's going to be a whole bunch of teams who are like, yeah, we'll have Isaiah Livers as our 12th man, because why not?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, He'll find his way through. And he's what? He's on a three-year deal with the team option at the end? Yeah, Is he making... I think he's making a little bit more I than think. I think it's just, minimum just basically the salary, vet men. Could be wrong.
1: It's just a Isn't glorified it? vet okay. remember, it, I don't think it can be... I don't think you can do the men. I think in order to do the min, it has to just be a one-year deal or something. I think it's, there's, it's a whole, a it's a whole weird it. thing.
0: Okay. Uh, Second round picks are just a why. I would love to just do a podcast on second-round pick contracts. That, are, that's where you are just are have insanity. to like get
1: like Keith Smith on uh, from Spot yeah. Track and, and uh, just be like, what the fuck? Because this is also... Uh, we've got a lot of reports from this draft where guys were being talked to, you know, and people were like, hey, can we draft you? And they were like, no, we won't sign your second-round contract. You know, we won't yeah. sign the stuff you can Look at you, Aaron me. Henry. <laughs> Give me this. Or... Um, like Joel Yai and um, Mac McClung and yeah, McClung's another one. Is that is that the two that went to the Lakers? I feel like there's another guy. Um, I, don't I know McClung. I know I know a Yai really. for a fact. There were multiple teams that like called him up and were like, "Can you will you play for us?" And he was like, "Don't draft me. I don't want to be there. I want to go. You know, I'd rather uh, get the right to negotiate with the Lakers." Oh. Yeah,
0: which I I'm going to be honest, I like that. I like that better. Like, why do you want to be a second round pick that's going to just flounder on like a bad team's roster that paid for the pick, where you can just not get drafted, sign a contract? You, you got to have like you got to have a or level of bad? confidence that I mean, you're you going
1: to be able to do it, right? I mean there there is a well, limited I mean, number. They're of talking f- ahead of time.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> those contracts were negotiated well in advance.
1: <laughs> Aaron yes. Henry
0: signed for the Seventy Sixers the second the draft ended. Some, some
1: of them are, but well, okay, he signed for them the, the second the draft ended. But when the draft began, that was not like they they made I'm they, sure the they, deal was already like no. Now they they are allowed that, to call that deal him. deal was during made the draft. in the second round. They're allowed to talk to him I'm, during I'm sure. the draft. So yeah, that stuff gets negotiated on draft day. There are targets and and there are people whose agents have said, hey. You know, we're not taking this deal. We're not, but like, this isn't like free agency where guys are signed up and like there is. You have to understand your position to a pretty severe degree. To to like, if you're there has always been like Luca. If you're like Luca Garza, there's no fucking way you do that. You are praying to guys. It depends on the player. Yeah, it definitely
0: depends on the player and what they can bring to a team. If a team if a high level team like the lakers the nets or like the 76ers like if, if or whatever if you're Joel not, Yai not or or
1: aaron henry like those are two guys that i am like 99% sure are nba players so yeah it exactly. makes sense if you're luka garza there's a lot yeah. of questions and but
0: what i'm saying is those guys that like fall out of the first round but you know are nba players yeah I, like, there, there's the definitely a, a lot of people, about the people that, that
1: it's good for there's those true.
0: guys i could definitely see them being like I don't want to go to go play on like the Hornets or like the Pistons or whatever. Get me to the Lakers and give me a chance where I'm going to be at the end of the rotation and maybe I get some minutes. I get hot. All of a sudden, I'm winning a ring and I'm actually playing some minutes. Well, like, and it's that's also, the best it's, it's, thing um, for their career.
1: No, you can get that with being drafted in a, a two way, you can, you can, or being drafted in the second round. It's more like the contract negotiation. Like you can negotiate like a $5 million contract from that position. But you're still
0: negotiating with one team. <laughs> like, no, I you're mean still I mean, going if you're, if you're I'm if going you go to go undrafted. Team.
1: You can you can negotiate better deals and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean you definitely can. But That's always been a thing. But I think now more players or more agents, I should say are taking advantage of it and saying, No, we already have a deal made out. Don't draft me. I'm signing to go here. Yeah, we'll we'll see. This. I
1: don't I don't know how often you're gonna see it still out of I still think it's gonna be a pretty limited selection. But I
0: think it's gonna be I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be more and more in the future where the guys that are like first round maybe, and they fall out of the first, and all of a sudden it's like, why aren't they getting picked? Well, they already signed a contract. They already have a,
1: well, a deal if, in place. If that happens, the the NBA will change how like second round. contracts. I mean, that those will we'll get see picked how that works immediately. But if you if you devalue I, 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 uh, draft assets for teams by like making the second round even less worth, you know, value. Uh, yeah, the NBA will change what kind of contracts that you can give out. I don't know. Like the, I just, they, they want I still to say it, I preserve like, team. Like the, they would, they will want, and almost every owner will immediately want to preserve the value of their draft picks. Hot
0: take: The NBA should get rid of second rounds. Just get rid of the whole second round. I, I, just let the players
1: negotiate it's, with the team It's not hot. It's also give me capitalism. See, the thing is, you say that, and what ends up actually happening is that six players get, like, a deal and no one else.
0: I mean, they're pretty much all getting two-way deals in the second round anyways, especially towards the later half.
1: There's a lot of guys who, kind of... Who, who, like, go through Summer League, and, like, because they're in the second round, like, they're guaranteed, like, a year of being, of having a flyer taken on them, and somebody feels, like, obligated to give them that. If you just remove mm. that entirely... You're gonna see a lot of people just be like, "No, I'd rather carry the 32 year old vet on my team." I don't, I, mean, I don't have a like. So we, if you do, <laughs> if you want to get rid of the second round, uh, you should be replacing it with like a G League preferred draft. You know, like you need to integrate that talent into your system better than what we do now.
0: Yeah, I think I think there are definitely better ways to do it than what we're doing now. A G League draft, I, I think, would be very interesting. Because they do a G League draft, say, but like
1: still, your 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 rights for your G League team. Like don't transfer I say to the parent let, team properly yet. I say let the guys that can
0: sign those contracts with the Lakers and all the top teams or whoever the heck wants them to sign them there, and then the rest get shuttled into the G League draft, where they're already going to be playing for the most part, anyways. And maybe
1: I don't know. But in in order, I'm just thinking this on the fly, man. To, <laughs> we need to tie G League rosters to the parent teams, so you have a proper minor league system. That's that's Which the I would missing, love, and I've been talking about that for a while. So yeah, that's the missing part. <laughs> all right. We we've danced That's around it, trying. two more picks, Luca Garza, Balsa Koprovica. Do you have anything had... to say about Balsa Koprovica? Nope. We can can you along. pronounce Balsa Koprovica? <laughs> Balsa Koprovica. Okay, okay. We, we cleared I, I, the baseline. I'm I okay with that. Uh, Koprovica. We we got Balsa Koprovica. Za, like pizza. Za. Okay. Uh, of course not we have already done summer league uh balsa is not getting a contract he will likely play overseas and never see time with the pistons his like 5 minutes in summer league were pretty embarrassing uh they were bad <laughs> i
0: i kind of forgot we had him until now i'm going to be honest and i was looking at the trade where we got yeah, him he, it, it was thing, very so. telling
1: <laughs> that he didn't play like at all in summer league even though they lost Isaiah Stewart and desperately needed some big man play and summer league was pretty embarrassing defensively because they didn't have a big man who could defend anything and balsa you would have hoped could have played 12 minutes a game and like shown some stuff and he was awful in every minute so that was kind of a wasted pick it's also the 57th pick so it's hard to get that worked up about it but um hold on I'm I'm getting the confused face. Oh yeah, what's 57? Yeah. yeah, it's 57. It's yep. th- we traded from yep. 37 to 57 and then picked him. Um, I thought
0: it was 47 for some reason. That well, was so throwing me off.
1: 42, I think it was, <laughs> is Luca Garza. Well, we
0: had 42 and 52.
1: No, 52 was Luca Garza. 42 was Isaiah Livers. Okay. So Garza. Yeah. Too many numbers. Too many picks. Uh, I'm I'm still I I don't know about you. I'm still surprised we didn't consolidate those picks into something. I'm uh, too. Uh, <laughs> All right. Luca Garza. Yeah.
0: So, obviously, we both watched a lot of Luca Garza over the years. We saw him play for Iowa for what four years, be their like greatest basketball player in X amount of
1: years. I didn't think that they would be able to replace Jared Utoff as somebody I hated watching more, and then they replaced him with Jared <laughs> Utah or with uh, Luca Garza. Oh yeah.
0: He only played for three years. My correction. Um. Anyways, so when we made the draft pick, I was like, "Well, that sounds like an end of the draft pick." He was good in college. He'll probably, you know, end up on the G League and just disappear. End of mine. But after kind of watching him in Summer League, and I'm very much in the opinion of don't take any opinions in Summer League. Don't take, don't, don't do anything. Don't, like, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. And yet you're going to do something said, silly here. You're going to do it. <laughs> He's got some skills that I could think could translate into the NBA.
0: I could, I could see him. Okay. I don't want him to be more than a 12th man or, like, an 11th man. But a third center I
1: mean, could do worse. Okay, so let's, let's, let's. He's going to get
0: roasted in every single right. pick and let's, roll Let's ever. Let's, so let's, let's scares about me. about some,
1: some things here. So there's a difference between being a third center on a bad team and being a, like, th- there's a degree of which, like, oh, you're the third center, but, like, you're also a guy you can throw out there in a playoff situation just as, like, a, a counterpunch guy for Ooh, 12 no. minutes. And, like, Luka <laughs> no. Garza will not be that guy. And we've seen yeah, that, no. like, a lot of people are really happy about the Summer League stuff, and we can cover Summer League here in a minute, but, like, he can't play defense.
0: Yeah, just like, this is, full, like, early anus stop. cancer levels of defense.
1: You know, he, he is... Uh, Summer League has shown me he's actually better at like post defense than I thought. Like he's actually a little better when, yeah, he's, like, when he's right around the rim, and you know when he a chance to just, when he like, is in
0: front of the basket, right. he does okay. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, playing a zone defense kind of thing. Like okay, yeah, we knew he had no hip flexibility whatsoever coming in, none. He is like the least flexible player in the entire NBA. Like Boban, Marjanovic I would challenge him, him, to, him to a cone. To
0: I, I want to challenge him to a cone drill. I think I could beat him.
1: I think. Okay. Uh, I, I've seen with... your gut. That one. And, uh, you know, that might have been plausible when you were, like, 17. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nowadays, <laughs> let's not pull that shit. Uh I'm shifty. <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> you're shifting weight is what you are. <laughs> we a all are, A lot of are, momentum buddy. going back
0: and forth, okay? God damn it.
1: <laughs> we're all a little closer to 30 than we want to be. Uh <laughs> Some of us way too close.
0: (laughs) Some, some more than others, but okay. Don't drag me down there with you.
1: I'm dragging you up, buddy. I'm just rounding the curve, okay? Uh, all right. So my big thing about Luca Garza is like maybe he's fun in a in like the next two years. Maybe you have some fun because you you're just playing him and like yeah, he scores twenty five one night because he hits a bunch of shots, and even though he gives up thirty on the other end. You know, you're you're trying to lose kind of your you know it's it's the stage of the rebuild you're in, like but there were still players on the board like Jericho Sims is still on the board there. And he's a guy who's an elite defender. I shouldn't say elite defender. Like he's a very good uh, defensive prospect, a freak athlete who fits this pick and roll threat you kind of want. And you passed him up for Luka Garza. Like, I can absolutely see a world where Jericho Sims is playing NBA playoff minutes. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's completely plausible that the 6'10 guy who can look down on the rim is... And, like, we say look down on the rim for a lot of players who are actually kind of, you know, like, the rim is at, like, their eyebrow. And, like, no. Mm-hmm. Jericho Sims has had, like, four dunks in Summer League where his nose is at rim level. Like, the dude is a freak freak. Yeah. It's plausible that I mean, that guy plays legitimate minutes that are like meaningful at some point. I don't see that ever happening for Luca Garza, and that's after we saw him have a summer league, summer league. Yeah. So that's just I'm I'm still frustrated with that. The things I like about
0: Luka Garza. And by the way, were,
1: he's a those, Maryland guy, uh, uh, a DC guy, hi. and that's why he's DC boys, and that's why he's here. It's a yeah. Troy Weaver, I no relationship guy. That's it. So for all the people who are like, like about oh Troy thinks he's good no he played AAU with Troy's son or something like that and that's why he's here. Yeah. And that has helped us in the past and also it got us Luka Garza. So whatever.
0: I mean it's the end of a second round pick. I'm not too concerned about it. I'm not, it's not it's not the end of the world that we didn't pick, you know, Sims who could he could be the next Mobamba or he could be the next Mobamba. He could be the top or the bottom of Mobamba. We don't know. But the things I like still not been good. (laughs) It's the Mo Bamba potential. You got to go back to like when he was drafted, Mo Bamba. That was the top Mo Bamba. He Sims could be that. (laughs) Is what I'm saying. He could have that hype and potential. I'm I'm more thinking
1: like he could be Xavier Tillman. I'm just like, you know, calm down, calm down. No, no, no. Sorry, Xavier, you, I like Xavier Tillman, and I think Jericho Sims could just be, like, that slightly undersized center who just does a lot of good things. And, like, Xavier Tillman probably don't... isn't starting for a playoff team, but he can come off the bench for a playoff team and make a big impact for, like, minutes. And I think
0: it, I think the Nets would have loved to have him on their playoff I mean, team yeah, last year. But the
1: Nets are also cheating. So, like, they're just a, dumb, yeah, I mean, yeah, a, so. a, a broken game cheat code. They make no sense. The thing
0: is I like about Garza that, like... It probably means nothing, but I do like the work ethic that people keep talking about, and how he's oh, he's lost 25 pounds, and he looks and he looked like someone I didn't like in terms of stature. He looked a lot leaner than he was at Iowa, easily, which makes sense for adapting to kind of the pro game versus the college game. These trademark eyebrows are still there. He still looks like an Easter Island statue. Yeah. Um, like the but the, I like the that Mason and, I don't know.
1: that cut his face out of the stone. It was, like, one hit, and, like, the, it all fell off, and there was Luca Garza's face. Just, like, all chisel lines everywhere. Very large. Sculpted out of marble. Man looks like a T-Rex.
0: But I like that, and I just, like, I don't know. He, he was fun to watch on the court. He was up there, he'd, he'd make a three, and he would yell. I enjoyed I enjoyed watching him for, you know, a minute in Summer League. All right, so I don't think he's going to turn into anything great, but... You know, for an end of the second round pick,
1: he's fun at least. Let, let's let's give it give summer league its its ten minutes here. Uh, Do we have to? Kind of. Cade Cunningham. Was there anything uh, uh, in summer league that was like, oh wow, I didn't expect that out of Cade Cunningham?
0: I would say there's nothing I didn't expect, but there are stuff that I was happy to see. Whether it, it was his barrage of threes against the Knicks, where everything just looked smooth as hell. It honestly his game overall, like. Even in summer league, like, just like you did in college, like everything is smooth. His handle, his shot, like the passes he makes, it just—it looks effortless. It like it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, I'm it's, so excited. It's, it's, Cade Cunningham to have performed
1: him. exactly as advertised, right? Like there there was nothing yeah. that you were like, oh wow, that's not Cade Cunningham. Like there was some turnovers yeah, he, because he was trying to do things that his teammates couldn't anticipate, and mm-hmm. there was a lot of missed threes off Cade Cunningham passes, and yeah. You know, I would I hit- say
0: that was kind of my biggest takeaway was that there was a lot of things that Kay did, a lot of shots he set up that the Pistons were not knocking down. And I hate to say it, it's I feel like it's gonna be like that for a little while. So Pistons that outside was the tough of thing to watch.
1: shot like twenty percent on threes. It was not good. Um yeah, it was and that was not, not just the one game that good. everyone was pulling out where the Pistons were like two of twenty three or like the entire summer league, like the Pistons couldn't hit a, a, a shot to save their life. Uh mm-hmm. uh Killian Hayes. How'd you feel about summer league?
0: I felt a lot more... A lot more comfortable with him than I did... Because he... I mean, he just... Like we said all last year, he just needs time. And seeing him played with, with Cade made me very happy. Yes. Because he was ferocious on defense. Like, he was... He knew he was bigger, stronger, faster than most of the guys on the floor. And he was going at most of them. Like, uh, wasn't it against Green who he shut down for like a hot minute as well?
1: Yes. Yes. He... Yeah. There was multiple plays this summer league where Killian was like, I'm going to bully this person. Like Drew <laughs> yeah, Ho- like, like Drew was- Holiday shit, where it was just like, I'm going to get into your jersey. I'm going to be longer. I'm going to poke you. I'm going to poke you so much that the rest just decide that I'm not going to call a foul, even though he's poked me four times. And honestly, like, he's really, like, his hands are spectacular. He's actually really good at getting mm-hmm. in there and not drawing things, um, drawing fouls. Um, PD Webb. Is a, a great Twitter follow a guy who does incredible draft content and he he makes this point all the time. Guys who go for for steals and dig in with two hands rarely get called for fouls. And Killian's great <laughs> at that. Uh, so is Cade, by the way. They both just like they they just get into people and they're just like this, this mm-hmm. is mine and you are pathetic and small and weak. And I, I very much enjoyed the the that's what I want to see out of my backcourt J- right there. Jalen Green scoring like thirty points. And scoring, like, 26 of them on not Killian or... Uh, it, it wasn't 26. It was, or like, paid. 22. Because he hit, like, two threes over Killian. But, like, they were, like, over incredible defense Killian. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right, yeah. These two are going to just swallow people alive. And yep. it's awesome. That is just... That was, that was my, favorite, awesome my favorite part of Summer League well.
0: right there. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense for his size yeah. and for his kind of quickness. And they're, they're definitely so,
1: also... Uh, they're doing, like, the Westbrook thing where it's, like, everybody box out and let Killian get rebounds. Like, people aren't fighting him for it. Like, <laughs> it's it's strategic that he's there, but it's nice to have your 6-5 point guard vacuum up 6-7 rebounds a game and just, like, start the exactly. break and be really awesome in transition. Uh, yep. Obviously didn't boom, shoot super go. well. Still struggling with some bad lower body mechanics. Uh, I did think the floater and stuff looked better. I thought his... Uh, he was a lot more aggressive, like with his dribble, in summer league. Mm-hmm. So he's still not pressuring the rim all the way, but like he was, and and this was true last year a little bit, especially coming back, like he's getting to the paint, and we need to get him from the free throw line to the rim, but like getting to the paint is hard, <laughs> and he's getting two feet in yeah. the paint, and you know making kickouts pretty regularly, and obviously guys are keying up on his. Like lack of willingness to drive to all the way and stuff, but just like a lot of people, um, you know, pre-draft and last year, like he's not fast enough, right? He's not athletic, and it's like, no, no, he's doing the hard part. He's already in the paint. Like yeah. it doesn't matter that he needs a screen or whatever. He's getting in the paint. He's getting two feet in the paint. He did it in the NBA last year. He did it in summer league. Pretty much every time he wanted this year, he's in the paint, and that's all. Like in the paint great defender, good great passer and pr- like the scoring will come because nobody stays that bad at scoring forever. Like even Stanley Johnson figured things out. So like he did. There're still many flaws Beep. to Stanley's game, but he he figured out quite okay. a bit of those those things. Like Bruce Brown terrible yeah. finisher first year figured it out. There's like guys figure it out. They yeah, it just
0: takes time. It just take some time in the NBA. You gotta understand when people are gonna attack you, where they're gonna come from, that kind of thing. Yeah. just gotta get used to it. It's all.
1: All right, which
0: is what we've been saying.
1: <laughs> uh, Luca Garza. We we've talked about him. He hit a lot of shots, played pretty good offense. Got absolutely yep. roasted, toasted, and lambasted on defense. <laughs> just, uh, he. So so this is something a lot of people struggle with, and I guess it's it's probably worthwhile to go over it a little bit here. People think drop defense is just, like, the solution to having a slow-footed big. And it's, like, something people need to understand, right? So so there's, like, hedging and switching, right? You're asking a guy to, to be real flexible, open up his hips, move a lot side to side. That's really hard for almost all bigs. Drop defense, though, still requires you to have a certain level of explosion because what you're doing is you are, mm-hmm. you're shuffling backwards and you're constantly trying to keep your hips loaded so that you can explode forwards into a, a, bar, a ball handler, right? You want to convince them to take a mid-range pull-up because the lob over you isn't available and then you want to get a contest on that pull-up. Luka Garza can't get down low enough to explode back out and make a contest. Yeah. which And and the explosion it's, was quite it's slow. It's just, it's just not there. So, like, even in drop yeah. defense, uh, it's hard for people to understand what good and bad drop defense is because somebody is present, right? Like, he's in the picture frame, like he's there for the dunk, so he must have done something, <laughs> right? And it's like, no, actually, he was, you know, a turnstile because he exactly he was can't a traffic cone. <laughs> load into his hips and he can't explode. Um, you know, that was that was the thing that shocked me about Isaiah Stewart more than anything last year. I he was better moving laterally than I ever expected, but I also didn't realize how well he would be able to explode forward and backwards, and how mm-hmm. good. Like, there's also a certain level of, like, it's difficult, more difficult to do that while you're like holding your hands up and making a contest. And
0: no, you can't get the momentum. properly. Right? You,
1: you there's no there's no none of that like swinging your arms up and stuff. Like you, a lot of times you've got to keep your arms high and doing the the. Um, the, the blow-up man, car salesman, you know, wave. And then you have to leap while you're doing it. And, like, that's actually really hard. Isaiah Stewart surprised me. I didn't see that out of him in college. Uh, he showed it last year. Luka didn't show any of that. And so that's just, like, I know he scored, like, 25 points a game in Summer League. But just everybody has to understand all of the flaws were very obvious. And they're going to get a lot worse when teams are keying in on him. And I, there's just... You know, people are like, oh, he lost weight. Weight has nothing to do with flexibility. <laughs> like, you basically just told me he became a worse post defender. Like, that wasn't his, his weight isn't his issue. His issue is that he needs about 15 years of yoga <laughs> to, like, get where he needs to be. That <laughs> um, a lot of yoga in, uh, in Iowa. Uh, and I'm, he may be doing it, but, like, y- I-, I am also not flexible. If I want to touch my toes, it takes me, like, yeah. three hours to get there. Uh, that's just where Luca's at. And it's in the NBA There's just a lot to, to go on there Saban Lee, how'd you like Saban's game? So I feel like I just I
0: didn't get to watch all of the Summer League I was kind of in and out I saw a couple games in full Saw a couple of replays The bits I saw of Saban I, I thought were not great I felt like he was like
1: Let's be clear turned You, the ball you over saw the first two games And bits of two, the third right? And you fold. missed the last two Where yeah. Saban was like the starter Exactly. Yes. So
0: I missed the fun Sabanley apparently, but I felt like when he was coming in, you know, (laughs) from the second unit, he just looked a little lost or like a little bit, I should say a little bit more lost than I would expect for someone who played so well last year. And I really enjoyed, you know, the way he played and the ferocity that he had coming to the NBA last year. And this, in this summer league, when I was watching him, I thought he just had a couple errant passes, just wasn't like finishing properly at the rim wasn't looking great from three, like, all around I was like, ah, jeez, what the heck happened to Saban? But apparently I just missed the games where he went off, so you could probably speak on that more than I can.
1: Well, I think I think he had... Because so I looked th- at his stats, and I'm like,
0: <laughs> I looked at his stats, and I'm like, how the hell was he shooting right? 40% from three? And, like, he had, like, four assists to, like, what is this, like, 2.6 turnovers? That's not terrible. I'm like, where was no. that?
1: <laughs> but I think, do you remember last year when, when Killian starts the first couple of games, right, and he's, like, being super deferential to Blake? The first yeah. three games, we kept getting Killian, uh, Sabin. Yeah, there was a lot of weird and Cade lineup. lineups, yeah. and it's yeah. like okay, in theory, you have Cade out there, uh, you might have Sadiq out there, you might even have Gars out there with you. Like maybe you have good spacing, but there's there's this three ball handler thing where none of them know how to play together yet, and like yeah. the whole there's only one ball, you can't have multiple. That that is bullshit. That's utter bullshit, and every great team has proven that. But it (laughs) takes some getting used to. And this is Summer League, the first time these guys have played together, and two of them are not great shooters yet. Like, it took a lot of getting used to, and they didn't have time. You know, they just didn't have time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the right situation. So I think those first games, Saban wasn't trying to be Saban Lee. He was trying to be Corey Joseph, and it just, like, didn't work for him. And then it was like, oh, you're the starter for these last two games. <laughs> You're the man now. <laughs> You're the man, do Sabin Lee shit, and Sabin was like, I got this. And so that's yeah. nice. Like it's it, it was, it's very clear that like maybe he hasn't added some new half court fluidity to his game. But he can do Saban Lee shit. And that yep. matters. And when we're talking about guys who get up into your jersey and defend, like Saban Lee also punks some people. And he's a little bit different. He's not quite as good a defender uh as far as I'm concerned, as, as Killian and even as Cade, but like, yeah. he will embarrass some people because uh, also as soon as the ball is on the floor, he's at the rim because that dude is one of the fastest players I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I, I say it every
0: time. Every time I watch him, I'm like, you're the evolution. You're what you're what uh, Ish Smith wanted to be. Right. Right. Yes. He's <laughs> a bigger, better Ish Smith.
1: We we talk about <laughs> shin angle a lot in like the draft community. It's it's uh, when you're dr- taking off on a drive how low does your shin get to the ground um, because the 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 more acute the angle of your foot and your shin the more force is driving backwards and the in the more power you're going to get going forwards all right does that make sense webster's giving me the quizzical yes, look
0: i'm demonst-
1: i'm trying to demonstrate it from <laughs> i i've never heard of this before in my okay. life
0: that shows you where i'm at in the draft community so
1: so Shin angle is just like if you if you like take a, a screenshot every time like the first time a guy dribbles the ball like taking off on a triple threat, and you like screenshot literally his ankle and you're like okay his ankle and his shin are at a thirty degree angle or a forty five degree angle or a sixty degree angle like you and I taking off our shins are at like sixty degree angles like <laughs> we're not getting much not bend. pretty. <laughs> Saban Lee's knees are touching floor. Like, he's, he looks like one of How those motorcycle like, riders I, I,
0: I, that just, like... Yeah, I feel like I've seen... I Like, I've recognized that. I just never thought of it right, like this, I right.
1: guess. And it's its just one of those, He has just obscene ankle flexibility that just, like... Not only is he a very strong athlete, he has incredible flexibility. And when he wants to take off, he is gone. And mm-hmm. it's it's really fun to see. I mean, that's... He he transitions and changes from first gear to fifth gear like just about nobody else. I mean uh Darren Fox is like that, you know, um yeah. John Morant has the same thing. Uh Kyra Lewis the has John that Wall. same thing. John Wall had that it's just you watch those guys take off and like right when they like when they rip through in like triple threat and they put the ball on the floor for the first time, just like pause it there and look at their their feet. You it's if you try and put your leg in that same position, you will tear your Achilles off. Like it's, it's just or fall over. insane <laughs> flexibility and power generation and he's so fun to watch when he's going. Um I did also know he took a couple pull-up threes and the form is still like really ugly. But he has corrected a little bit of his um his elbow so when you bring up your your arm in your shooting pocket, you want your your elbow to be at a true right angle. Because that means all the force as, you're, as you jump, all the force is, is translating directly up through your arm into the ball. And you get to launch it in a nice soft arc. You're not flinging it and catapulting it. If your arm is acute, you end up catapulting it. You're going to get a lot of uh, the wrong kind of force. And you're not going to translate force as consistently. He has cleaned that up a decent amount. It's still in a weird spot. There's still some stuff about how he gathers and transitions that is ugly. But he was able to take some pull-up threes. It looked more consistent. It's still slow. But this is nice progress for Saban where if he can become a pull-up shooter against like a guy who's going under. You know, like if you go under a stagger now, and you give him that kind of room, you know, to go under a double screen like that, he should be able to pull. Almost every player has to, that's going to play point guard has to be able to pull a three in that situation. Mm-hmm. And he's getting there, and that's a really good sign. Um, yep. Still a lot of work to, to go. Uh, I also think that part of the way he gathers the balls up, he seems to be more comfortable shooting off the dribble, actually, than he is off the catch, um, and just a little quicker, which is, is pretty common, actually, for a lot of shooters, that just off the power dribble. Um, so that was nice to see. What did you think about... Uh, Sadiq Bay.
0: It was Sadiq was very much in the Saban League category where I had high expectations, and I feel like he underwhelmed. I think he had a lot of good flashes, especially with the ball in his hands. Like he had, he made a lot of good passes that I don't know if I just flatly didn't see prior, or just he just made a lot of good reads on that. But in terms of kind of shooting and being a scorer, I didn't feel like he was at his at the expectation that he had left last season at. And, I mean, you can chalk it up to maybe he, like, he, he performed pretty admirably last year. Maybe he, in another year, wouldn't be in Summer League. But right now they just need the minutes. But I, I was pretty underwhelmed. And it makes me kind of nervous to see what the future will be like. Because, I mean, we've been talking about this entire time. The future is Cade, Killian, and Sadiq. And Sadiq is going to be kind of that three-point shooter, three-and-D guy. And if he's not shooting it right... Which I think you know, I'm, I'm not just, worried about him shooting. It's like four, he, or five He games. just, he just—it's not, it's not went a long-term thing From a thing season
1: now. to the Olympic camp, and he's coming off the Olympic camp. I think he's That's just true. a dead leg. Um, you know, a lot of he was a guy like the only guy on the team that had shooting gravity, so a lot of his shots weren't that open. I'm not that worried mm-hmm. about him as a shooter right now. Uh,
0: yeah, I think I mean yeah. as always, don't read too much in the summer league. But if I have to grade him on summer league in particular, I wasn't—he didn't live up to the expectation that I had for him. But it's summer league he'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> I, I do think he came into the first two games trying to do a lot with the ball in his hands and I thought it was pretty ugly and like Twitter was going crazy over like turnaround fades after 17 dribbles and it's just again, this Summer League guys uh, first things first, the NBA wants you to take 17 footers that's yeah. that's the shot they want, if you are taking a fade away 17 footer, the coach is marking it up as a W whether it goes in or not A couple of them for for Sadiq went in, great shot making, bad shot. Additionally, if you're taking those off, uh, you know, you're taking a two-dribble pull-up, you know, you you catch at the three-point line, you pump fake, you take two dribbles, and you're pulling that over a big man or something. That's different than taking 15 dribbles and just kind of holding onto the ball and working your way there and just kind of shooting a fadeaway because you don't have anything else. That's just bad process. Like, if you, if you take more than two or three dribbles in a possession and you're not, like, the point guard setting up the offense, what you're telling me is you haven't created an advantage with any of your dribbles and you're not being very efficient. Like, that's actually bad. Um, so it was just one of those things where it was like, it, it was clear he came in trying to be a little more than he was and it did not work at all. Uh, and I also thought that he was just, like, being selfish in the first couple games. Now, yeah. in the last couple of games, I think he, he was like, okay, I need to go back to being Sadiq Bey, and it looked much better just from a process standpoint. He actually... Um, Khalil and I have been talking about like how shit he is as a passer, and he actually like made some really good passing reads and was making extra passes and doing the right thing uh, pretty consistently, so like that was a nice thing to see, because in the first two games, again, uh, he was... Scary, um, with how long yeah. he was holding the ball. So I'm not worried about the shooting. I was a little worried about the freelancing. Even though it's summer league, it was just like this is not like the way the way Sadiq Bey gets better as an NBA player is not by being like Chris Middleton just yet. Like let's work on being Mikhail Bridges before and like just be Jay Crowder before we are Chris Middleton. Like you can be Chris Middleton in four years when you've solidified. The Rest of the game, you know, get there in baby steps, don't try and skip all the way there. Um, yeah, but he was fine. Who else is on this roster that we have? Do we have to talk about Jamorco Pickett? I think we have to talk about Jamorco Pickett because he did get a 10 contractually day. obligated. Um, he had, he had a couple nice moves. He I don't, I mean, clearly can shoot, clearly <laughs> athletic. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I was like ever in love with him defensively, but he's got defensive tools. I, I'd probably just rather give uh, uh, Trey Lyles' spot to Jamorco Pickett just so I can say the words Jamorco Pickett more often.
0: Yep, that'd be, uh, that'd be a fun one. Um, I was trying to figure this out. Was he another of the um, uh, Troy Weaver? Just he's a Georgetown guy, guy,
1: and he's another a Maryland, guy. Or, and and a DC guy. I found this out guy. after. The... So, yeah, yes, yes, he is a Troy Weaver like, guy. Likely. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he'd be a fun guy on a bad team at the end of the roster. We we're we are. I don't so like right now lucky the that
1: DC is a basketball hotbed because if yeah. Troy Weaver was like from the UP, we'd be fucked right now. <laughs> like we'd be. I don't think Troy would have made it this screwed. far either. To be fair, but yeah, <laughs> he'd be trading for but, Devin yeah. Booker and then looking around like what what else is there? <laughs> what what <laughs> else do we have? Uh, uh, all right. Any, with, anything else? Pickett, from? I mean,
0: I feel bad. I I don't feel like we can talk about pickup just because there's no, like it's it's hard to talk about most of these guys because there's no roster spot for them at right, the there's moment. There's no pathway for it. Like we him. got our, we got our two, we got our two two ways locked down. We got, like our roster is filled plus one. There's not really much there. I think the one last person that we have to talk about is Seku, who only oh, played yeah. two games. Did he get?
1: He had a family uh, issue. Thing. Yeah, i was saying I he don't had know what it is went up. And we should mention Killian heat, Hayes had a concussion, um, which is why he missed the last couple of games. And Cade sat out with calf soreness, which the the other two are like real things. Calf soreness is an extremely air quotes thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was you played enough. Take, yeah, take a breather.
1: Yeah, you you had your game <laughs> against Jalen Green, which we needed to do, and now you're done.
0: So with Seku, there were some things I liked. I thought he didn't look like a to- he didn't look totally lost on offense, I feel like, in the two games that we saw from him. And I like I keep wanting to put I want to put him at center. Like he, I feel like he played. You're talking to the units. Seku
1: at five guy. This is this is. Yeah, me. Exactly. I know.
0: We're in the same boat here. I'm not I'm not saying it because we're gonna disagree on it. It's just like I want it <laughs> I want it to happen. He looked so good in those games where, like, he was playing at center, and he was still, I mean, my it was lesser competition, uh, but even against, like, Sengun for the Rockets, like, he, he was holding his own against Sengun until we brought in Garza, and <laughs> Sengun just whipped him around. He was doing but, all
1: right. I mean, the, he, was, he, was, he definitely like, had some moments where he got punked, but, like, it, it's, it's very obvious that Seku defensively has figured out how to be an NBA defender. Mm -hmm. Like, not yet, he's not yet, like, a a stopper, or, or, you know, he's not that. But he's no longer like, just getting killed defensively. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, he does have issues
1: um, like, rotating and and making some, but like, 1v1, he's fixed his his, like, issue where he was hip-checking people, and the refs were calling it every time, which, by the way, was quite often not actually a foul. But, the refs it's one of their little triggers that they love and it drives me insane um yeah he's like he he has found a way to contribute defensively which is good cuz that's something that keeps them on the floor quite often mm-hmm. Troy we- or Troy Weaver Dwayne Casey was willing to let him play through offensive mistakes the last couple of years and then he'd get two fouls you know just on a random defensive assignment and that's what would cause him to sit on the games he actually did yeah. play
0: and one of the things um, to move kind of more to the offensive end that I liked from him and that I saw was he was taking people off the dribble, yes. even at the five spot. And he was going to the rim hard. Like, that was some time bigger I think and better than you stuff. Year. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's the case, and I mean, especially in kind of like this smaller, the smaller ball era, and there's not too many of the big centers, like, that's something you need to have is something. You can, you can get the ball, whether it be off a pick and roll or something like that, and go to the rim. And kind of exploit, you know, a smaller center or something like that. So, I liked what I there was the flashes that I did like. Overall, I mean, obviously, this is year three of the Seku project we're going into. And there's a lot of people that are already giving up their <laughs> spots on Seku Island. I'm st- I still can see him being a good and even very good NBA player. Like the ceiling is still there. It's just he's gonna. It's still gonna take time to figure out. And that's what people just have to remember.
1: And some context, right? Uh, he, uh, I don't remember if it was a concussion. Uh, like, he missed his first summer league, except for one game. He yeah. played like five minutes you, in you a only game. I, one think it, I think he lake? had like a concussion coming into that game. He's had like three. Had That's some, actually a, some it's injury. a concern for Sekios. He's had a couple. Um, yeah. But, so he didn't have his first... Um, he didn't that have his, his first, first summer, league. summer league. He barely played his first year. Uh, he barely played his second year. He didn't have summer league or camp last year, really. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this is his third summer league. He's got to play really well. And Like, no. You have to understand, he has not had <laughs> mm-hmm. the amount of off-season prep time that you expect. In addition, um, he's played less total minutes than Sadiq Bay. Like... You just have to understand the scope of what we're talking about here is he has not had the time you think he has. He's not as experienced as you might think he is. And, again, he's younger than most of your rookies from this year. Uh, I yeah, think all of them he's except, still... um, you know, everyone we drafted this year except Cade is older than, than Seku is. Uh, he's mm-hmm. still 20. He can't drink yet. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Did he just – I think he's, he's
0: – one of he the players is just about show, to have a birthday or or whatever, But
1: it doesn't matter. Um, not him. Yeah. The point is, still raw, but still has so much time before, you know, like 22, 23, 24. In that range, you have to start saying, okay, uh, this guy's not going to grow anymore. He's, he's probably done putting on weight and all that stuff. Like, you know, this is where you're at physically – um, at this point, most of your what they call prior perception, which is your own like understanding of where your body is in space. um so at th- at this point, that's mostly matured for most players, but like he still has a lot of time to figure this out. Um, and again, as you said, he's doing things off the dribble now. One of my big things, and the last thing I'll say on, on Seku because I'm sure we're gonna talk about him a ton coming up in the season. Mm-hmm. My big thing tactically for him, I don't want to see him in the corner. I want to see him on the break. Because in the corner, he is forced to go one direction. You can't really drive baseline uh, if you're Seku. He doesn't have the, like, the handle tightness to drive baseline. So he has to drive inside and hook that drive to the rim. It's not easy. It's very easy for him to get bumped off his line because he's a high-waisted guy. If he's above the break and he's you know he's in that slot and the the kickout comes it gets swung to him he's attacking a closeout and he's you know he's attacking a closeout and coming in behind a, a pick and roll drive that's a lot of space for him that's exactly what he has the skill set to do in the NBA and this is the same mm-hmm. thing we saw with Stanley Johnson just because a guy isn't like the Trevor Ariza wing right just because he's not the pure 3 and D guy doesn't mean you give up on him it means you find a different role for him and you have to find mm-hmm. that role for Sig. If we see him crammed in the corner, you know, at this point, the three-point shot isn't there. And that's disappointing, but the three-point shot isn't there. Stop forcing him to take three. Yeah. Stop putting him in positions where the three is the default thing. And this is what we saw at the end of last year. We did see him playing above the break more, playing downhill, able to go left or right, you know, uh, get to his spin move that he likes. Um... You know, the more time he can spend playing there, the better. And the good news is you have Cade Cunningham, who is great in the corner. You know, you have uh, Jeremy Grant, great in the corner. You have Kelly Olenek, pretty good in the corner. You have Luca Garza, should probably be able to hit corner threes. You know, we have way more shooting. Uh, Isaiah Liver, Sadiq Bey, you have way more shooting on this roster than we did last year. And hopefully with more spacing and more more appropriate people in the corners, you'll be more comfortable putting Seku up top. And hey, if you want to run Seku at the 5 and run him as a roller, he's really good at that. He's actually a yep. great screen and roll player. You just have to actually run mm-hmm.
0: that. You just have to trust him on it. And use him there. Which, yes. I mean, with the lack of true centers this year, maybe we get some Seku at the 5. Fingers crossed.
1: Let's hope Dwayne finds that. I don't really want to talk about Tyler Cook. I feel like we should just mention that Tyler Cook had an awful awful summer league. Yep. So yep. that there's And that. he
0: was waived and I don't know I guess he was I don't know. I don't think know if he he's still he counts to be like the like a
1: preferred uh drive guy or not. You know, I don't know how how that uh works for him. Uh, or not drive, uh maybe. cruise excuse me.
0: Um Yeah, come on. Wrong verb. <laughs> not uh, driving or cruising now.
1: They're now they're now the Grand Rapids gold rush is what it is because they're the nuggets fancy yeah. it's very nice uh so <laughs> the do you uh, want to do a, sw-
0: a swang son to servidas?
1: man your boy i was very sad that he missed like every shot it's just like cl- <laughs> I, I think it was very clear that he was like i'm caught i'm tired of this bullshit i <laughs> just want to go home yeah. uh i will watch send his career abroad it's great interest he, I, he feels to me so much like one of the guys who will come back when he's 28 and have like a fun little career because no. just, like, there is such an yeah. NBA skill set in there if it actually, like, ends up being an NBA skill set.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, would you expect... Do you think there's any chance he comes back, like, way down the line?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I like think he, at, like, he, 27, 28. Like,
0: he just looked to me like he was just... Like, he was too soon to come here. And Like, people just... They drafted him based on that, and it's just... It wasn't going to happen. I also, soon.
1: like, we have so little information. I want to know how much he grew... In between when we drafted him, and like in between the camps that everyone yeah. saw him at, because like the player I I scouted during that draft, like he, the player we got is like three inches taller than what I was watching, and like yeah. and he's, it, he's it just changes everything. Six eight. Um, he looked like at 6'8". He
0: looked easily 6'10". Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, that guy is definitely at least 6'10". So,
1: Like, what the hell? <laughs> I, f- I feel like we'll see him in like, a, he's Lithuanian, right? So I feel like we'll see him in like yeah. one of those Eurobasket things and we'll be like, that's the guy! You know, it'll be that like Eurobasket like Euro 28 and we'll be like, that's the guy we drafted? Where, where's he been this whole time? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> All right. That is, I think, everything we can talk about for Summer League, <laughs> which is probably yep, too much we to have talk summer about league Summer down. League. Um, we'll have, like, a roster roundup thing, I'm sure, at some point over this offseason. I don't know yep, when that's going to be. From
0: sometime soon, in the next week or two, I want to get kind of a, a free agency
1: recap. Because yeah, I, I think today is going to our final real move. A, a cap rundown. Uh, we got to talk yep. about the summer '23 and what that looks like, so we'll have some stuff yep, to we'll, go we'll, over.
0: We'll get the we'll get the inside inside baseball like nerd podcast <laughs> later on, and then at some point also do like a roster overview sometime maybe closer to training camp. Yeah, when we can okay. kind of figure out who's going to be in ro- what role, where they're going to, where we expecting to play that kind of thing. So I
1: think we're about a month away from the first preseason action. God, that's so close! <laughs> right?
0: Does the NBA ever stop? Now it just is
1: constant, just like
0: these alarms, and <laughs> sirens inside my house.
1: Yeah, it, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, uh, the NBA finals are done, draft is done, I have some time to relax. And I was like, no, no, I actually Arsenal is in preseason and uh, summer league is here. And uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> just, just like, oh, and by the way, the WNBA went on a break for like a month for the the Olympics and stuff, and now they're back. And uh, yeah, just everything is already back. It's. it's Yep. X-Nay on the Arsene. (laughs) Arsene? I don't know. That's not not how that works, but nice try, buddy.
0: (laughs) I don't know. It sounded good. (laughs) It sounded like it went together. Did it? All right. This podcast has gotten out of control. (laughs) We'll talk to you later. Good night.
1: Yeah, we'll see everybody later. Bye-bye. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.